Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Welcome to Dangerous Worship. It's been a uh, four-part series. This is the fourth part, so if you didn't get to see the first three parts, congratulations, you're about to get caught up in about 10 seconds. You ready? Can we do that? All right, here we go. You ready? First, we discovered that sacrificial worship is a complete giving over of your life to the one who gave you life. The second thing we discovered was that inclusive worship That means worship that includes everyone, regardless, regardless. Inclusive worship destroys the lie that anything can separate us from God's love because we know that's a lie from Romans chapter 8. Expressive worship allows us the creativity and variety to convey the deep feelings of love that we have for God. And finally, today, we're going to tell you that valued worship Valued worship keeps us close to each other in Jesus. Let's bow our heads as, uh, as we begin this. Heavenly Father, we love you. We want to love you better. And today, Lord, as I speak, I wish you'd get me out of the way. And I wish that you would just stand here. You've got some kids here, Lord, that love you a lot. You've got some kids here who are hurting because of trauma and pain that they've been through in their life, and they're wondering if you care about them. And Lord, I pray that you'd show up and let them know you do. In your name I pray, amen. amen. So I thought I'd do something uh, fun for you, something cute. How's that, how's that look? You know what that is? Sea otter, right? I may be the only person on earth who did not know this fact, but this is something that social media is good for. I was going through one of my feeds and I came across this. These otters, now see how they're holding hands? These are sea otters. Did you know that sea otters hold hands intentionally? Okay, so I'm the last person to find that out. It's okay. I just found it out last week. Some of you know this for years. It's okay. Don't judge me too much. But it's, it's kind of this cool thing, right? That sea otters actually hold hands. So those of you who know that they do that, do you know why they do that? What? You got to yell it out. I'm half deaf. To keep each other from floating away. Yeah, because sea otters are in the ocean, right? And there's currents and there's things that would pull them apart. So when they sleep, they hold hands so that they don't drift apart. Is that not cool? That's pretty cool, right? So I got to tell you, as a daddy, I've got some big kids now. I have an 18-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. And can I just tell you, if I'm a little honest with you, I really miss holding hands with them. Oh my God. Those of you who have older children know what I'm talking about, right? It's not like cool to hold dad's hand now. It's not cool now. And it was kind of interesting because there was a time like there's this, there's this kind of cool period. And those of you who, who may be in this period, hold on to it for a minute there. Just savor it because there's this moment Right early on, your child doesn't want to hold your hand when they're young because they're like, no, no, I can do this. I can do this, right? 
And then there comes this like sweet spot in their life where they just slip their hand into your hand, right? And it's like just the best feeling, right? Just the best thing. Like every once in a while, one of my children will make my daddy heart just go pitter-pat a little bit, right? Because they'll, they'll just slip their hand into mine when none of their friends are looking and it's, 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 you know, it's not going to kill their cool quota, right? And so I think I can say this because I don't believe this is being live streamed. So, um, so my kids, so this is just between us, all right? Just a few of us here. This is just between us. But as a daddy, I really miss holding my kids' hands. There's just something special about holding the hand of someone you love, right? There's something special about it. I want you to hold on to that thought. I want you to hold on to that idea of holding somebody's hand. And, then I, and I want to tell you a story about two, two men in the Bible. The interesting thing about this is until I was preparing this sermon, I'd really never noticed these two men and that I think that their stories actually go together. If you have a Bible on your phone or you have one with you, you can open your Bible to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to be reading this story. This is going to be, for those of you who don't multitask, and let's be honest, multitasking isn't a real thing. You really can only do one thing at one time, okay? But, but like, let's pretend for a minute that you can, because I'm going to tell two stories at one time, all right? Can we try that? All right, let's try it. We'll see how it works out. It may not work, and I won't do it again if it doesn't. Two stories at one time. Two stories at one time. So here we go. The first story starts in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. The second story starts in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And I want to suggest to you that I actually think that these two stories are placed near each other on purpose because I think they're meant to tell two different, one story two different ways. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, the first man. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, and by the way, a little bit in another place really close to this, it said, as they started out on the road to Jerusalem, the road up to Jerusalem. Now, keep in mind, when Jesus is headed out on this road in Mark chapter 10, do you know where Jesus is headed when he goes, yeah, I know I just said Jerusalem, but you know what's about to happen in Jerusalem? Passover, and then what? And Jesus is then going to be crucified. So Jesus is literally starting off on the road to being crucified. And, the, and so the language in Mark is very intentional. Remember, Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And so when Mark starts talking about Jesus being on the road to Jerusalem, it's very intentional. He's saying that Jesus is headed down that road to what will end in crucifixion and ultimately, praise God, his resurrection. Okay? But as he starts out on this journey, a man comes running up to him and kneels down and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So that's our first man. He meets Jesus on the road, and he has something that he wants. Let's take a look at our second man. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. So you have two men who want something from Jesus. Okay? One man wants to know what he has to do to have eternal life. The other man is yelling, have mercy on me. Why? Because that man is physically blind. We have a spiritual question. We have a physical question. Jesus, to the first man, says, why do you call me good? Only God's good. 
But to answer your question, you know the commandments. What do you have to do to be saved? How to have eternal life? You know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. So now let's go over to that second man, Bartimaeus. Should we give the guy, the first man, a name? Steve? It's Steve. First one to give me a name. So, so first man's going to be Steve. Second man is Bartimaeus, okay? All right, so here we go. You know, it could be biblical, Stephen. He was short for Steve, so let's, not, let's, let's be excited about the quality of name we got. Here we go. All right. So the second man, Bartimaeus, said, the, the crowd starts yelling, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. It's kind of like if somebody right now is standing up and trying to talk while I'm up here talking, a bunch of you would be like, hey, sit down, be quiet. And that's what was kind of going on there. They tell this guy, hey, you're ruining the worship service here. Jesus has got more important things to do than think about you sitting beside the road begging people for money. Be quiet. When Jesus heard him, when Jesus heard Bartimaeus, he stopped. I want you to know Jesus stops when he hears you crying out his name. And he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. So Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Now, this is really important. I don't want you to miss this. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. Why is that important? It was probably the most precious possession that he had. It's what kept him warm at night. It's what he sat on during the day. It was his possibly only possession besides the kind of the undergarment that went underneath that. And what does Bartimaeus do when he hears that Jesus wants to see him? Doesn't think twice. He leaves the most precious thing in his life behind. And keep in mind, he hasn't received anything yet. Let's go back to Steve, our first man. Looking at Steve, Jesus felt genuine love for Steve. And by the way, this is an important point. This is the only place in the, in the Gospel of Mark where Mark writes that phrase, Jesus felt genuine love for that person. Only place where that phrase is recorded that way. Jesus felt genuine love for Steve. There's still one thing you haven't done, Jesus told Steve. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. So Jesus tells Steve to do something that Bartimaeus did without being asked. Let's go over to Bartimaeus again. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said. And by the way, this, that, that my rabbi thing, it's a lot deeper than it sounds. In fact, he's one of the only people to actually, you, you've heard that phrase used by some of the disciples for Jesus. In our English language, it doesn't translate well. Because there's a word for rabbi, and then there's my most precious rabbi. 
And that's what Bartimaeus says to Jesus, and it's only used a few times in the Gospel of Mark. And this man is one of the few that uses it. I want to see. And Jesus said, go, for your faith has healed you. Jesus gave him what he wanted. I don't want you to miss the fact that Jesus also gave Steve what he wanted. But the question is, did Steve think what Jesus had to offer was valuable enough to replace what he had? Is eternal life worth everything that you have? For Bartimaeus, it was not a problem to be dealt with. For Jesus, pardon me, Bartimaeus was not a problem to be dealt with. I want you to remember that. When Jesus saw that blind man begging by the side of the road, he wasn't a problem to be dealt with. Jesus asks him, what do you want? Instead of assuming that he knows what he needs. He gives Bartimaeus the time to respond. He responds to the blind man not as an it, but as a thou, a you, not a thing, but a person. To use the language of Buber, by asking him a question, thus allowing him to express himself as a person rather than apologizing for himself as a social problem or victim. I want you to know that no matter who you are sitting here today, Jesus does not see you as a problem. He sees you as one of his kids. So how did these two men respond? Well, for Steve, his face fell. And he went away sad because the worship had gotten too dangerous for him. See, it's one thing to sit in a church and sing amazing songs. It's good. I love it. I do it. I hope you do too. But it's another thing to really worship Jesus by responding to what he asked for when it's the thing that would cost you the most. The thing that I love about Mark is that Mark wrote that Jesus loved this man after this thing happened. It wasn't that he wrote it, Jesus loved him, and then Jesus didn't love this man anymore because he made a big mistake. Jesus loved this man period. And it broke Jesus' heart to see that man choose to walk away. Instantly, for Bartimaeus, he could see. And this is maybe one of all my favorite passages, phrases in the entire New Testament Gospels. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Where did I tell you the road was headed? Mark, that's not, a, that's not a random thing. Mark says that Bartimaeus follows Jesus to the cross. Bartimaeus not only gave up his most precious physical possession, Bartimaeus was willing to walk with Jesus all the way to the cross. What's Jesus worth to you today? You know, as I think about how dangerous worship can be because 
it is dangerous. Jesus didn't ask that rich young man, Steve, he didn't ask him for some small thing. That's a big deal, what he asked that man for. It was a big deal. And we can be really judgmental of him, but the fact of the matter is, most of us, we'd have a hard time with that ask. Why? Because worship is dangerous. Worship that goes beyond singing a song, but includes singing the song in meaning, all to you I surrender. That's hard. It's hard. And it's dangerous. Family. I think I love my kids a lot. I think I love my kids a lot. But I think that Jesus loves you more than I love my kids. And when I look at those sea otters, I'm reminded that if I don't put my hand in Jesus' hand, I'm going to drift away. It's going to happen. Because the sea of life has a lot of, of currents. It has a lot of things that want to take me away from Jesus. And Jesus' hand is extended to me the same way I extend my hand to my children. And he just says, hey, all I'm asking you to do is is take that hand. It's right there. Just take it. But because God loves us so much, he doesn't force it. Because true love doesn't force things. Family, if you want, if you want to hold Jesus' hand, and I know that some of you are thinking, I, you know, if Jesus came to me today and asked me to sell everything in hand, I would probably walk away. That, that, that's a lot. That's a big ask. But let me ask you, what does your heart want? Does your heart want to be able to go there? Does your heart want to be able to do that? If that's what your heart wants today, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine Jesus' hand reaching down out of the sky. And I want to ask you if you want to have the desire to put your hand into Jesus' hand and to experience dangerous worship, I want to invite you to raise your hand like you are going to hold a hand and grip Jesus' hand right now. You can be seated. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I can only imagine what your heart felt as you saw your kids raising their hands up to hold your hand. For those of us who have been blessed to have children, we know what it feels like to see our child willingly put their hand in ours. We can only imagine with the infinite love that you have for us what you feel. So Lord, for every person that raised their hand today saying, I want to live dangerously. I want to worship dangerously. I want to do things that are hard. And I'm going to trust that Jesus will hold me by his side while those things happen. I pray you give him the courage, the strength, the power to follow through on that desire. I pray that your spirit would live in them to make possible what they can't do on their own. And I pray that Jesus' mercy and grace would envelop them when they don't always get it right, knowing that you died for imperfect people like each one of us. 
Lord, we pray that you're going to bless the food that we're going to be eating here in a minute. We pray for our community that's gathered with us today. We pray for their safety. We pray that you'd watch over them. We pray that they would experience love. In your name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.